get into geeks trailer trash episode five trailer trash talking trailers with mitch and emma how you doing emma i'm good how are you good 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 welcome back i get into geek again been a little while but here we are on the eve of star wars the rise of skywalker the first full-length trailer properly that we're going to get and uh, there's a few others that we wanted to tick off our list before star wars and all things disney come in and absolutely take over our lives yes. as they have a tendency to do uh so we got a couple on the board i did want to get to we're a couple of weeks behind on on these ones and but i uh I wanted to get your your thoughts on them. Obviously, that's why we're here. It would have been a little bit more interesting in a sense, probably from a negative sense, if we would have done it with our fellow geeker, Matty Gibson. Um, because for anyone who listens to our Marvel TV talk, he uh, despises most things uh, live-action DC. Posts Batman Returns in 1992. It's a long, long time between drinks. It's a long time. Um, so he couldn't be here to talk about our first trailer. But the first one we are going to talk about is Birds of Prey. Then I want to talk about the uh, new Netflix, if you can believe it, uh, action movie uh, starring Ryan Reynolds, directed by Michael Bay, Six Underground, which I believe is new on your radar. Yeah, I, I had, hadn't heard anything about it until you just messaged me. I was like, watch this. I was like, okay. And then something completely different from both of them, but especially Six Underground, Doolittle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Doolittle, starring Robert Downey Jr. But first, let's get into Birds of Prey. You know what a harlequin is? A harlequin's role is to serve. It's nothing without a master. No one gives two shits who we are beyond that. Now, I haven't spoken to you much about this topic. I know you've hinted at it in different uh, episodes of Trailer Trash and even just passing you in the halls about you know all things DC because it does tend to come up a lot, mainly because... If we're going to be black and white and a little bit childish about it, the competition Marvel are releasing stuff all the time. So everyone's like, oh, do you see this? And then you get something like Shazam at the start of the year. And, and then obviously we've had Joker recently. And then, you know, they're slowly building back and Battenson's coming out in a couple of years and things. So they're always being talked about, but a lot of it's been pretty negative. That certainly was the case with Suicide Squad back in 2016. Yeah. Regardless of what you thought about that film, generally people were pretty happy with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. She, was, a... she was probably like the the very dim light in yeah. a very dark film. <laughs> and, you know, then they came out, they were going to give her a Harley Quinn movie. They were going to have a Joker in a Harley Quinn movie. They were yeah. going to do a Birds of Prey movie starring Harley Quinn. Then everything's off the table. Then it was a Suicide Squad 2. Turns out they're doing two of those four films. They are doing a Suicide Squad 2. And then you get this one, which is a Birds of Prey film, but it's kind of like a Harley solo film starring others. And I yeah. think that's pretty much what the first trailer gives us. It's the Harley Quinn show. It's definitely the Harley Quinn show. Yeah. and uh, Do they even name any of the other characters in it? No, no one. No. Yeah, it's, it's like sitting there watching it, I had... I, I still don't really know what the story is or who these other characters are. You mm. just see Harley Quinn and she's like, she broke up with the Joker, so now she's on like a, like some sort of a rampage. And you're like, okay, yeah, um, you could go along on this ride. Mm. And I think too with, like you get Ewan McGregor and you get hints, oh, he's kind of the bad guy, but he's kind yeah. of a bit fun because the way that he's talking, if you know Ewan McGregor, what is he, Scottish? You know, but he's talking in this very American accent, very high pitch, it's very fun. He's playing a character called Black Mask. Now, I don't know very much about Black Mask. The closest I would have known about him, I know he was in one of the Arkham games, okay. which I haven't even played that game to know even what that game teaches me about the character. But from what I do know, like he's a pretty like violent sort of gangster type, but where's... 
a black mask sure. and sort of hides his identity uh, in every incarnation I've seen, which is, again, very limited. But you get that movie version of it in this trailer where it's like, well, we've got Ewan McGregor, man. We're not putting him under a mask. You're not hiding that pretty face, that yeah. sellable actor. So I hope that we do get something of that at least in the film, if not in the next trailer, because we're going to get another full trailer before this releases in February. But uh, you know, they're just yeah, they're sort of putting all their cards out. Like here's some here's some faces, but yeah, it was very much Harley centric, and the fact that they said yeah, her and the Joker have broken up, so they're not overly advertising the fact that it's a Suicide Squad like kind of sequel, but they're also not shying away from everything that movie gave us. Like the fact that her and Jared Leto's Joker were an item in that film, this is this is past that. Something has happened. And if the title of this film isn't even just Birds of Prey, it's and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Just to make it even better on the poster. I know. I can't wait for all the uh, all the real hardcore sweaties going up to the ticket office at the movies and it's asking for that in full title. <laughs> so I'm not selling it to you until you give me the full thing. So, yeah, especially because so much of the DC stuff prior to Wonder Woman, really, was just so hit. I know Man of Steel was pretty mixed, but then when you got to BVS, then you got to Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman really needed to do a lot of things, even just on its own, but for the franchise as a whole. And then Justice League was, okay, going back to that mixed territory again, and then Aquaman was sort of mixed in a different way. And then you had Shazam, and it's a completely different tone. Even before we get to Joker, which is so far removed in a way, like I almost don't want to bring in Joker as a reference point to anything no. to do with this movie yeah. because it's so... Even if they never go back and ever revisit Jared Leto's Joker ever again, I still don't want to bring in Joaquin Phoenix's version of it because it's it's just it's different. different. It's a different world in the same universe. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't... It didn't really do anything for me, this trailer. No. I'm like, cool, it's like a Harley like highlights reel, but... Maybe if it did do what you were asking for it before, like give me some other characters, give me yeah. some other actresses to get excited about. And they've got plenty of that on show. At the end, they have, you know, the title cards come out in the, in the, in the cast. And I'm like, I, I like a lot of those people. And Where were they? Where are, <laughs> other than just sort of sitting there reacting to stuff that Margot Robbie's Harlequin yeah. was saying and doing. I don't know. It's just not enough for me at this point. But maybe because I'm already sold on the fact that it is a Harley Quinn film, whereas other people that aren't researching and watching trailers like you and I, it's like, oh, cool. I didn't necessarily like that movie, but I loved her as that. I honestly think that's what they're writing on. Yeah. I think it's like, okay, Margot Robbie was that high point in that film. Uh, Okay, so we just make everything about her and she's just like the flashy fun thing Mm. that we just... And there's no story. Yeah. And I, on a selfish level, wanted a little bit more because one of the actresses in it, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays yep. the Huntress, uh, who I've only ever seen as a side character in like Arrow season two and three or some shit. Uh, she was my Hollywood crush for so many years. Like I still feel I have a soft spot in my heart for, for Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, recently in Gemini, Man with Will Smith. And the less said about that movie, the better. So I'm, I'm, I want to see her do something cool in this movie, but I want to see a lot from a lot of other things. And, and, it's, and even you and McGregor. I know it's a... Produced by Margot Robbie, it's directed by a woman, and it's it's all about this you know all girl team going up against this asshole gangster Ewan McGregor. But I want to see yep. more from him yep. in the in the trailers and stuff as well. So it's just it was part like of, part of me thinks it's going to be like a Jared Leto situation, where it's yeah. just like this. He's just a gangster. Mm. It's like, he might dress him up, but he's just a gangster. And I don't want to just paint it with the same brush as Suicide Squad. Like, oh, that's, you know, classic DC. They don't know what they're doing. Because I think when they're making this movie, they know the fault. I mean, Suicide Squad made a shitload of money. Oh, yeah. But they didn't just 
rush out a sequel because it made money. Like they've actually went back and they get James Gunn to come along. Who, from all the pictures and stuff coming out, the stories about this, the cast they've got going into it, it is going to be a very different movie. They haven't just said, "Look, replicate it," because we want another billion dollars. You know, it's it's kind of opened up the possibilities for DC to you know really. I was going to say something about being rebirth, but that's such a pun on the comics. But to have this like sort of yeah, this rebirth of of this cinematic universe, whatever it is, whether it's starting from the beginning or not. So I want to say that even though part of this trailer really makes it look like Suicide Squad Part Two and the tone and all that, yeah. I want to say that it's for a reason, and maybe it is just advertising. I don't know. And then it's not just like, hey, here's what worked when she was in her last film, and. Even if people hated it, well, we've got to give them this because we're already making it and then let's just stick to making things like Joker and Robert Pattinson's Batman and hope for something fresh <laughs> then. I don't know. It's it's a We need to get to February and then I think we'll have a better understanding of what the future of... Yeah, the direction they're going to take with it. The DC side of it is, yeah. All right, uh, now I do want to get into a movie that I've been aware of for a little while. You said that it is very new for you. This is yeah. six... Underground, starring Ryan Reynolds. It's directed by Michael Bay. You watch the trailer. It is flashy. It is huge and big and loud. And then you find out, oh, yeah, it's on Netflix in December. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah. This screams like it should be a a summer, summer, American summer release. Everything about it looks really big. It's big budget and all that. But, yeah, it is a, it is a Netflix release. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it because it's, it's the next – stage of these Netflix movies that are just, you know, reaching out to whether you love or hate Michael Bay, but he's a big name, yeah. you know, and he does what he does, but it's on a cinematic level. So to get all that and all this massive budget and these big effects and all that and these big actors and faces and putting them on a small screen, I don't know, do you, do you, does it change how you view that trailer and that movie, especially as a, it being so fresh to you and you and your radar, does it change how you look at that when you know that it's going to be a small screen experience? Um, I don't know, because like, like you said, the trailer is so big, so I don't think it kind of like registered for me that it would be on the small screen. Mm. So it's, I, don't, I don't know, maybe in like actually sitting down to watch it will be different. Obviously it will be different because I'll be sitting in my home, not paying 20 bucks a ticket for a <laughs> movie. But, um, yeah, I think the thing with Michael Bay films is that like you sent me that, you sent me the trailer and I watched it and you said it was a Michael Bay film and in the first three seconds i knew it was a you Michael know Bay don't you yeah it's just like it's the big grand sweeping shots of buildings it's the slow motion helicopter in the desert yeah. like it's just michael bay yeah and so i think <laughs> <laughs> i think a lot of that kind of that that feeling will be carried with the film yeah even if you are watching it on a small screen yeah i know that in america they're doing it a little bit more but us uh you know us little people down in australia if you are listening from overseas we don't get netflix films showing in cinemas here it just doesn't happen i know though the irishman the scorsese robert de niro al pacino movie that's coming out of netflix at the end of november is getting a theatrical run to qualify for oscars and stuff in america we are getting it here in australia for i think one week and it might not even run the full seven days i think it's running from like a friday through a monday one cinema here in our sweet little town of brisbane one session per night yeah, right. And it's a three and a half hour film. So I think, you know, they, they, there's only so many sessions they could fit. But I think it's, yeah, screening 6.30 or 7 o'clock every night for four nights over one week. And then two weeks later, it drops on Netflix. And I'm like, that's cool. I would actually, strangely, even though I can get this for free at home, part of my Netflix package, I kind of still want to go to the movies and say, I want to watch this Scorsese drama for three and a half yeah. hours in a cinema. And then I get Six Underground. 
And part of me wants to go and watch it on a big screen if I get the chance to, even yeah. though I should want to save my money and just sit at home and, you know, call around as many friends as I can and pause when I want to go to the bathroom and go make some more popcorn or something. But yeah, it does scream like it, it demands a, a big screen. And I'm glad you said that about Michael Bass. I wish that I hadn't told you who directed it and you just <laughs> press play. And then that, that three seconds probably still would have worked because yeah. <laughs> that was my first reaction is there is so much Michael Bay packed in that one trailer. Like it opens up at night and everything is, just, it looks like it's shot in, you know, 8K. It's so beautifully so crisp. crisp looking. The blues of that pool and the neon lighting of the building, yeah. like everything's so sexy about this trailer. <laughs> like the six of the six underground, these six soldiers who were once dead but now form this super team and taking down bad guys but kind of living like Robin Hood, you know. And they're all f***ing beautiful. Like, <laughs> the women, beautiful. The men, f***ing sexy. If they're not Ryan Reynolds sexy, then they're rugged sexy, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like, I'm sure the bad guys are going to be hot as shit as well. Like, everything about this is so Michael Bay and it takes me back to even pre-Transformers. Like, this, this has got a real feel about the island to it because yeah. that was his last film before Transformers. I know he's made other non-Transformers films since he started, but this has got that old school you know, late 90s, early 2000s Michael Bay feel about it, which excites me because I, I love the first Transformers. I like some of the third, everything else kind of... <laughs> I haven't even seen the fifth one. Two was awful until I saw four. Now two looks like a f***ing masterpiece. Um, I've never went to five, though. I do want to. It's just trying to find the time to waste, basically. Two, Look, and I can't blame you for that whatsoever. Going back to the island, like, I love the island. It is such a guilty pleasure. It's I said guilty pleasure. It's a great film. It is so it's much great. fun. I like the music. I hope he uses Steve Jablonski for the score in this because I think they did the, their, their cheesiness bonds together so well. Yeah. And then I think just throwing someone in like Ryan Reynolds, he's going to bring that Will Smith bad boys flavor, like character bursting out of the script, out of the screen feel to a Michael Bay film. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. The other thing I did want to bring up with you, though, is it runs for like 320, I want to say, the trailer. It's a long trailer. Yeah, it is a long trailer. Something that Netflix do quite a bit. Now, I can understand for a TV show because you get like eight or ten hours to work with. Sure. But for a film, this is probably going to be, what, 2, 220 maybe, I want to say. If, if like, you know, they're, they're not restricting them for Netflix, but they're not making a four-hour action film. And when I tweeted something about it, a guy wrote back to me simply and said, I hate when trailers tell you the whole movie. And I wanted to write back and go, yeah, me too. What, what's that got to do with this film? Because I didn't really feel like I got this. I, I feel like this movie, this trailer is so chopped up that what necessarily is the start of this trailer isn't the start of the film. What's at the yeah. end isn't the end. And then everything in between, I'm like, so basically all it's telling me is it's going to be a it's load of explosions. A lot of action. And a lot of action. And there's some cool set pieces that, while I would have loved to have seen that bit where the sniper shoots the side of the, 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 pool. the giant pool at the top of the skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> like, what can we do, Michael Bay? Oh, I want to see I want to see a waterfall at the top of a 70-story skyscraper. F***ing do it. Put a pool up there. Let's <laughs> blow it up. Like, that looks cool. But I don't feel like it necessarily ruin the movie for me? No, I, I mean, it's a Michael Bay film, so how much story are you expecting? Really? Yeah. <laughs> but We're not talking about this in 80 years as like the next Casablanca yeah. or something. It is what it is, and I'm f***ing excited about sure, it. Sure, yeah. Like, yeah. like you said, it's that trailer is just three minutes of fight scenes in action and yeah. guns and explosions, and that's at its very core a Michael Bay film. Is this like something you're, ah, cool, I'll catch it eventually, or you like, hey, coming out in December, I'll try and watch it in the first week or two that it's out? Yeah, I'll probably probably check it out. Yeah. I I do, like, I like Ryan Reynolds, so... 
course I'm going to watch it if he's in it. I'm going to say that I'll watch it the first week it comes out, but you know how bad I am at watching yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'll see it in about two or three years. <laughs> the other film that we're going to talk about uh, is Doolittle. Yeah. I believe is one of only five films in the last decade, if I, what I read this morning is correct, that Robert Downey Jr. has made that is not Marvel mm-hmm. in 10 years. Uh, this will be the fifth one. Uh, if you could name the other four, power to you, uh, other than The Judge. Sherlock. Uh, and the sh- two, two Sherlock Sherlocks. films. God, it could only be... F- Ooh, oh, Chef. Yeah? Yeah, the John oh, Favreau yeah. film. He did appear in it. It wasn't a, a vehicle for him, but he did star in it. I wonder whether that counts. Here I was setting a challenge, and then we both we both <laughs> nailed it in five seconds. Such is the power of RDJ. Nerds. Um, what are? <laughs> yeah, it, ex- it probably says more about us than the actual challenge that I threw out. <laughs> did you notice in the trailer who made this film? No, I didn't. Who would you say made this film? Watching it, what studio made this film? Oh, I want to say Disney, but I don't think mm. it is. You're right. Oh, it is. It's not Disney. Oh, it's not. But it does look like a Disney it's very film. Disney. They promote it like it, it has a feel of a Disney movie. Like yeah. even just Doolittle, it's like, oh, it's one of those old characters that we're bringing back and shoving in a famous face. There's lots of, you know, bright colors and there's animals and talking and music and stuff. I think What a Wonderful World was the song yeah. that was underneath everything. Even at the start, this is from the makers of Alice in Wonderland and Maleficent, two live action Disney films. Oh, it's yeah. a universal movie. Yeah, right. But they're seem to be wanting to make us believe that it's a Disney movie because oh, everything Disney succeeds. You shove in well, arguably the well the biggest money owner of the last decade in Robert Downey Jr., the lead star of the biggest film of all time now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was I was like, ah, oh, Disney arcade will be all right. You know, it'll be what it is. And now that I know that it's not, it's like, oh, I feel like I have to rewatch the trailer now and sort of take it as, yeah. what is this supposed to be now? What is a non-Disney studio trying to look like a Disney film going to be like in the end. I don't know. Even the fact that Robert Denny Jr., he's now making a movie about the guy that can talk to animals. It just seems like such a, a weird movie. Mm. I didn't I didn't hate the trailer. It copped some serious heat when it dropped last week, but yeah? like I didn't I didn't hate like, like the effects were awful. This sort of movie doesn't get made anymore for good reason and what is oh. Robert Denny Jr. What I thought it was I got like first Pirates of the Caribbean vibes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Very, like, fun, adventure yeah. family-friendly kind of feel to it. That's good because I think the initial title of the film was The Voyage or The Great Voyage of Dr. Doolittle. Oh, okay. And it is something about him trying to travel the world to find, like, an elixir or a cure somewhere that will help someone in the royal family. Like, that's a very awful way of... Okay. I, haven't, I haven't opened up the synopsis, but say someone in the royal family is sick and there's something that he only knows he can get from... It, it just works out wonderfully that he can talk to animals when he sure. needs to go into the jungle. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it does have that, like, yeah, fun, adventure sort of feel. And it's, it's funny to me watching this when you are so used to, in the last decade, obviously, when he hasn't made anything but Marvel films, but you watch Robert Downey Jr. in a modern set film he looks a certain way yet you stick him in a period piece whether it be Sherlock or this and he still looks exactly the same in every period piece like he's still that scruffy looking bloke even the way that he dresses I'm like that looks like his version of Sherlock Holmes but more colourful clothing and like the top hat and the way that he puts I'm like his mannerisms are the same and the weird accent too. It's like Sherlock, but like ten steps more like, like a, whispery. Yeah, I'm like, what? What are you trying to do? I'm fine with it because you're Robert Downey Jr. and I'm sure that you'll make Do it no fun. 
Yeah, but um, yeah, like it's fun. I mean, my only experience with Doctor Doolittle, I've never seen any of the old school films where people fell in love with the character. Like I grew up, Eddie yeah. Murphy was my yeah, Doctor Eddie Doolittle. Murphy, the only ones, the ones that I've and seen. I've still never seen the second movie. <laughs> I watched the second. I watched the first one. It was great. The second one came out, got panned, and I'm like, oh, I'll add it to the list when I was twelve. Um, but yeah, like this looks. I'm not. I'm not rushing to see this. I don't think anyone in my inner circle is going to be like, we need to go and see Doolittle. Not off the back of this trailer, anyway. I mean, it's the first trailer. Yeah. I didn't even know it was being made until the trailer came out. So my one gripe with it is the end shot that I don't like because it's like this weird, like it's a shot down a hallway and there's a wall and he goes out the door and I get it's meant to be like him closing the door and going off on his adventure. Yeah. But it's like he's kind of wavering in and out from behind this wall so yeah. you can't really see him and I'm like, I don't understand what this shot is. Yeah, from a framing directing point of view, it's like, what were you going I don't, for? Like, why would you end on that? Yeah. It's not a good shot. And do you put that in the film or is that just like, oh, that's a trailer shot? Yeah. Uh, I think that we can shoot, we can start that in the trailer somewhere. In the movie, you're not doing that because it's like, why are you hiding your actor yeah. in a shot for so long? Yeah. Are we in or out of focus? What that, the hell are we doing? That was my one problem with that. We do need a second trailer for this, yeah. but yeah, the first one, it's like, it's not offensive. It's fine. And, you know, Robert Denny Jr.'s got to pick up somewhere from post MC Eunice. People, people have the biggest issue with is that he's come from like such greatness. Mm. And it's like, where do you go from there? Yeah. So like, I, f- I feel like any, whatever the movie was that he was going to do after Endgame was always going to be judged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think maybe he needed to do. Because they are still talking about doing a Sherlock Holmes 3. Do, do you think maybe he needed to go to a Sherlock... If, post Tony Stark, he needs to go back to Sherlock and do a third one and then into something like Doolittle because Possibly. then it's, it's, it's just it, you know, letting you take, yeah. you know, take the foot Steps. off a little bit. Everyone's, <laughs> oh, we're used to seeing you Tony Stark 10 times. Okay, well, we've seen you as Sherlock. Great. Yeah. Okay, third time around. And it's like, oh, Doolittle, this is interesting. So we'll see. And maybe that Sherlock 3 will never get off the ground anyway. So... Doolittle. That's the uh, character that we need to fall in love with after Tony Stark. I don't know that it'll necessarily carry over the same audience. I mean, you, you had 10 years to fall in love with Tony Stark. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm selfish. I wanted another 10. I don't like change. <laughs> like, I don't want any, I don't want there to be no stakes in these films, but I also don't want anyone to ever leave. You know, like, give us some side stories. Give Does us... he come back from the dead somehow? Yeah. All, all of a sudden, it's Magic like. Magic exists. Yeah, exactly. No, that's the thing. I walk out of that cinema, all my friends are like, you know how he can, they can just go back in time. They can, I'm like, no, it ruins thematically what happened in that film. They're like, yeah, but he can. I'm like, of course he can. It's a comic book. Like, they've, killed these characters 20 times in the uh, in the written form so yeah you're right I just have to go back to the Blu-rays and then just get used to Dr. Doolittle and mm-hmm. move on with our lives yeah. well we will be back uh, hopefully very soon to talk about Star Wars Rise of Skywalker but yep. uh, thank you for your insight and uh, we'll see you uh, when we talk about Star Wars I'm sure you're very excited. Almost nowhere near as excited as I will be. (laughs) I don't know if anybody's excited as you. (laughs) Look, I bought a Jedi costume at Disneyland. Did I tell you that? Oh, my God. (laughs) Get into Geek.